Hi, Cricklectuals. This is your host, J.N. Rafan, welcoming you back for another episode of the Cricklectuals podcast. Uh, hey, Rafan, what's going on, man? How are you? Thank you, everyone, for joining us again. Out here, man, trying to stay safe. Dodge, Omicron. Feels like everybody's getting it. It's getting out of control in U.S., but uh, good news is it's not as deadly as the other variants. So uh, we hope all of our audience stays safe. You know, just uh, hopefully this is the last year of pandemic. We all get some type of immunity going with the safer variant of the virus. Yeah, hopefully everybody's staying safe around here in New York, too. Same thing. Everywhere you look, everyone you hear about, everyone has the virus and they're just, you know, going through it. And schools are have been really tough here. A lot of students out. A lot of teachers are not in the buildings. It's been really, really difficult at the beginning of this year. So hopefully... Uh, this thing passes soon and all of our listeners and their families are, are in good health uh, now and, and hopefully in the future as well. Uh, what's on the agenda today? You've been producing content faster than Ramiz Rajan call <laughs> coming up with new ideas. I'm trying so. to compete with Ramiz, man. He's You're always trying to compete something. for sure. And uh, it's, it's difficult. This guy is just uh, <laughs> popping out new ideas every single day, which is great at both ends for our podcast development and for Pakistan cricket team. So first thing on the agenda we have is the PCB awards, followed by five new job openings for five different coaches, apparently, on PCB official website. So we'll dig into that. And then we'll end the conversation with uh, PSL teams and the reaction to the teams that have been announced for upcoming PSL 2022. Yeah, PSL is all the hype right now. Um, just a quick plug before we begin the conversation. Uh, we have started specialized content that is focused on PSL exclusively, that is exclusively for our YouTube viewers. So listeners, if you're uh, into checking out our YouTube channel, go to YouTube and look up Crick Electuals. And uh, there's also a link to the YouTube channel and our website in our show notes. Uh, but we have specific episodes about PSL and where we're going over the players from each team, player by player, to give you an overview of you know, what the teams are made up of right now for PSL 7. It'll help you choose the team that you want to root for. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, let's begin, Rafan. Yeah, so let's begin with PCB Awards. I don't know if you got to see the presentation. It was very bland in nature. It wasn't like a stage that players were coming up to. It was mostly videos of the winners. Uh, they were announcing what the categories first. Uh, I guess that was because of the COVID. They yeah. took some precautionary measures and didn't do a big deal. But I was definitely looking forward to some Atif Aslam performing or something like that, like the PSL opening ceremony. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, all the faces that I see that one are, most of them are expected ones that we've been talking about in previous episodes. First one is, on our list at least, impactful performance of the year. And that is Shaheen Afridi. I know Shaheen's name's been popping up everywhere. Every time you open up TikTok, you keep on seeing those two wickets against India. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been, he's been very impressive, obviously. You know, made, made his name and... People know who he is, and it only took took about six months to do so. You know, this is this is a Pakistani thing. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but this is a very Pakistani thing. When we 
kind of go after something, we really go after it. We don't we don't let go. We play <laughs> we it really, out. Yeah, we go all out and we stay with it and you know, we stay rubbing it in Indian fans' faces. <laughs> this is nonstop until like the next ma- major event. We're gonna keep seeing it. So well deserved for sure. I mean when I heard about the category right away, that's actually the moment that came up. In fact, you know, when you think about the most impactful game of cricket or the match, the most impactful match in Pakistan's tenure during uh, 2021, it had to be that match. The very first T20 World Cup match and with your, you know, arch nemesis India, you know, he produced a great, like he really set up the win. So not only was he the most impactful player, but that game was the most impactful game for Pakistan. It really brought Pakistan back into, you know, good sort of in good standing among just the audience and the Pakistani fans. Like before that, people were on and off about, you know, complaining about the team or what's going on in the team management. But that game changed everything. It changed the mood. It brought new excitement. It brought all the love and the passion right back. And it reminded us of that you know, 92 feeling. Uh, so really that whole game was impactful and absolutely agree with Shaheen. Shaheen really was the main right. driver yeah. of that game. It's all about positive thinking. Whatever you just said, uh, I'm looking at the picture of uh, Shaheen Afridi with his arm raised under the impactful performance of the year. Yeah. And you can apply that to the Australia game as well. <laughs> Whatever you'd say started, ended it. With the same guy. <laughs> with the, how many sixes did he get? Three sixes. Three sixes. Three wickets, three sixes. (laughs) Most impactful performance of the year. Well, some people might give that to Hassan Ali. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, again, yeah. and speaking of which, and uh, that's uh, another category that I didn't know even we had that in the awards, and it's good to see Spirit of Cricket. Yeah. And that was given to Pakistan team's visit to Namibia's dressing room. Yes, yes. That's a good gesture. They recognize something like that. But I thought, it could have been Barbara Azam's speech after the loss to Australia. I thought that was pretty impactful. And and that should also be in spirit of cricket type of category. I don't know if they want to involve other nations into it, whatever mm-hmm. the reason it was, but they're both equally deserving. So I thought You're talking a, about the speech he made in the dressing room? After we lost to the Australia. Team, right? That was pretty impressive. It was. It was very good. He really kept it together and gave a very positive message. And really, it was great. Absolutely. And next one up is ODI Cricket of the Year. And that's obviously Babar Azam. We only played four of them. <laughs> and I think he scored a couple of centuries in 2021. Uh, the other one I can think of is, uh, I think we talked about it in one of our previous episodes, is Fakhar Zaman, who uh, scored two centuries against South Africa in South Africa. And yeah. one of them was 193. So it was between those two. But again, uh, overall performance, Bob definitely. has better average, more runs, so he definitely. Yeah, and it's there. not just batting, right? It's like ODI cricket as well. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, what do we got next? Test cricketer of the year. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, he was pretty good. Apparently, he had two fifers, uh, five wicket hauls, uh, thirty-nine wickets, and I guess yeah, that's that's a lot of wickets for one year for Test cricket that we barely play. So, uh, yeah, it makes sense. And I can't think of any batsmen. There were a few good ones, Abid Ali and a few others who scored centuries, but they were not uh, consistent in every single series uh, apart from Hassan Ali. That's the only name that emerges. So 
Yeah, Hassan was also, you know, the, a consistent part of the team. I think what's, what's interesting about some of these players that we're talking about, like Baba Razum winning and Shaheen winning a category and Hassan winning a category, these are players and faces that are a regular part of the team. They're not just here one series or being tried out another series. They played a lot of cricket, so and they performed well. In, in all of the cricket that they played. So they didn't give selectors any reason to kind of replace them either. So that makes me feel like, you know, when you think about it, yeah, Hassan Ali was there every game. I mean, this guy is also a machine, just like Shaheen Shafridi. They don't get a lot of rest, you know, and they keep going. And they bowl nonstop in all formats. And sure, well-deserved. What is the category that's uh, most shocking to you and you may not agree with? Or are they aligned well with what you were thinking? Well, I'll be honest, the category that I didn't know, well, I didn't know the cricketers in that category very much. I, Because of the domestic me, circle, right? Yeah, the domestic cricketer of the year, Sabzada uh, Farhan. His, actually, his name is also, I don't know which PSL team he joined, but um, he's also a name and, and a person that everybody's going to be looking at during the PSL series because he's been making a lot of waves. I have not seen him. I have not seen him play. So I'm just really curious. I think one of the reasons I want to watch PSL is to watch him a little bit more uh, to see how he does and who he really is and what his style of playing is. So that's one I didn't know a lot about. So as far as I'm concerned, fine, you know, give it to him, but I want to know who he is a little bit. And uh, the other one I was surprised by a little bit was uh, Muhammad Hussein Jr. for Emerging Cricketer of the Year. That to me was a little bit interesting because we also have Shana Wazdhani right. um, in that category. And I'm wondering what brought him to the fore and, and beating some of the other guys like Dhani um, and even some of our other batters like, um, I don't know, I guess they won't consider Khushdil Shah. Uh, and Heather Ali as emerging cricketers because yeah, they, they've, they've been, been in around. and out. Yeah, they've been around. They've been in and out. I think that may be the reason why Donnie's not there. First, he, he was not as impressive on the international stage. And I shouldn't say not impressive. He didn't get a chance, really. So right. he was just uh, benched. But uh, Mohamed Basim was around and he took a few wickets. So, and he may be his, it may be his first year in domestic circle and international. So that might be the reason. Donnie's been around, played a couple of PSLs, oh, at least one. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe they're looking at those stats and not counting domestic stats altogether. And uh, Mohamed Hussein was good domestic circle, uh, T20 Cup, and the recent matches against West Indies, he took a few wickets and was very fast. His pace was impressive. So I guess that those are the... There's also Mohamed Hassan, right? Because he's... He's doing yeah. pretty well too, but I don't know again, like what you're saying is how much they played the, during the year. Um, it may also matter here. Yeah, it's funny. They don't go into the criteria that goes into it. I wish they, they explained their reasoning, you know? Uh, yeah, that would be more. nice. Or, or post it somewhere and just announce the winners later so we can make sense out of it later on. Not that it's way off. We're just curious. And then next we have the women's cricketer of the year, Nida Dar. Yeah, Nida Dar had a tough year, but she really came through. She's a fighter, man. She uh, her her father passed away just a few months ago, actually. She she missed the World Cup qualifiers that the women's team was going to play in Zimbabwe, and that whole series just got messed up anyway because Pakistani Pakistan wanted to and needed to qualify for the World Cup. Eventually, they did anyway due to Omicron. 
there was the whole uh, warm a bunch of warm up games were canceled. Uh, Nidadar couldn't make to those games anyway, and uh, the team was hurting without her. And in fact, there was a series. I think the West Indies series happened right before, and Nidadar didn't get to play in that either due to the death in her family. So really tough end of the year for her, but she had a very good the you know beginning part of the year, and she really is a a major component of that team she brings a lot of energy and a lot of skill and experience to that team and without her we clearly felt like we were really short a major player first woman to get 100 t20 wickets for pakistan so she's a devastating bowler that we definitely need our bowling is not very strong in the women's team and she emerges above other bowlers very important person and well deserving and that brings us to our final uh two awards both going one. to the same person right rizwan where we've been talking about all year long and the most famous and popular cricketer in the world right now yeah for sure i definitely think you know uh the most valuable cricketer award category made me think about rizwan in a different light because his batting has been under the microscope lately or uh, not a microscope but a, but a spotlight rather and that's really cool. Well-deserved. He's been performing so well with the bat and so reliably and consistently. That's definitely an area that we should focus on. But when I think of the most valuable cricketer, it's like a whole package, right? So I think Rizwan is also just the whole package. His wicket keeping is great. I mean, he's, he does really well behind the stumps. He's a great uh, team man cheerful person everyone looks up to him people have a lot of respect for him and um, he's a very supportive person to everybody in the team so really he is a very valuable uh, player for the team all right moving on next in line jay is the national team coach and other four openings uh, job openings that pcb posted on their website so what are we looking at? Do we have a short list? And what type of categories, what type of coaches is uh, PCB looking to hire? Yeah, the short list is a hard question because there's not a lot of, there are some names out there. Um, like Gary Kirsten's name is is a name that keeps on coming up in the media. But really, we need five coaches, uh, right? So there's a coach for every department you can think of you know, fielding, batting, bowling, high performance. And now the fifth one is the power hitting coach. So uh, for power hitting coach, a lot of people have been talking about, especially in the media, people have been throwing out the names of Shahid Afridi and Abdul Razak. Uh, and um, Shahid Afridi himself nominated Abdul Razak for it. I don't know what kind of a coach Shahid Afridi would be. I don't know if he's really done any coaching and just, you know, seeing him as a leader, I'm just not sure if he'd be the best possible fit. Obviously, you can't argue that he was a great hitter of the ball. So for that yeah. power hitting <clears throat> role, he would make a lot of sense. Power hitting coach itself is a controversial category, in my opinion. I think we need power control coaches in Pakistan. Now everybody's trying to hit shot control. You know, back coach. in the day, back in the day when we played soccer football in Pakistan, right? There was always this kid, kick him out, kick him out. <laughs> yep. <they> want, <laughs> that's all they well. wanted, man. They didn't want you to, you know, maneuver through players and, you know, show some agility. They just wanted power and action. So, and Shahid Afridi, how do you teach something like that? He's a strong man. He would flick it anywhere 
on the in the ground and it will go for a six. How do you ask Hulk to teach power hitting? <laughs> he just naturally has that ability, right? Yeah. So it's it's a little tricky for me. You know, for, I I agree with you. I heard Rumi Zarza talk about it, and he was basically saying that this is an experiment and it's an experiment we should do because one of the criticisms that we've had for a long time, and I've certainly talked about it too, is that uh, we don't in T20s, we don't see our players hitting shots like a lot of like the David Warners of the world have been doing. Like they come in and they just hit many sixes, many fours, many boundaries at will whenever they want that kind of thing. And we're missing that kind of a player. Bobber's a very thoughtful striker of the ball. Uh, Rizwan's very thoughtful. Um, and people like Fakhr Zaman and, and people like Asif Ali, we had been lacking for a while. And I think that created the impression that we don't really have any power hitters that are consistent. So perhaps a coach who can guide them into how to go about, you know, going into attack mode could be helpful. And it sounds like some other teams have employed this strategy and their power hitting coaches that have been hired by other cricket boards as well. So it, it was starting, it was starting to be a trend. And Ramiz basically said that it's an experiment worth trying. And he actually called it an experiment. So I respect that if he's right. saying from the get go that he doesn't know if it's going to work or not, but it is an experiment worth trying and you know if it doesn't work we'll we'll scrap it and it's over we won't go back to it again but let's give it a shot and see what happens and i think with our younger players maybe there's an opportunity to help them you know learn how to go into attack mode against different kinds of quality bowling back in i would say about 3 4 years ago i completely stopped seeing power hitting from team pakistan there were often talks about we need a power hitter and afridi wasn't getting selected <clears throat> and you know afridi's not consistent so we couldn't really rely on that for every match but nowadays i think t20 being so famous we do have a lot of power hitters you know what i'm saying like if these coaches are going to train anybody anything it's going to be again asif ali's hader ali's because <clears throat> they're not going to change the game of babar and rizwan i think rizwan is very well balanced when it comes to power hitting he's is he's hitting cover drives ground shots and right amount of sixes in each innings that he plays barber not so much but usually great players like barber verat uh you know sangakara and saidan were you know they were not your power hitters no exactly had the game going they were just artists and we don't want to change that trying to change them into hitting more sixes in a game so i think if a power hitter does come he will be working with majority of the bowlers which makes sense to me if you're training bowlers to hit as many sixes as you could at the end not really uh bashing the idea down we we do respect that you know if it's experimental let's let's try it you know it's always welcome let's try and see how it works out yeah my issue with this whole thing of five coaches is a little bit different though i mean i on the one hand i can understand the need for so many different coaches and on the other hand i feel like this is you know too many cooks in the kitchen i think there is a bigger likelihood of of these coaches not communicating well enough among themselves and the team sort of falling apart or not working as well when you have so many people doing so many different things you know on the one hand yes it's nice to be able to say that 
I can send my bowlers to the bowling coach and they do several drills and things and work on things with the bowling coach while I send, you know, the batting crew to the batting coach and they could work on their batting drills there. And then, you know, basically giving everybody what they need to develop and continue developing. So it's, it's nice to have that when you have so many coaches, you have all of those options. You can, you know, do small groups of players and they get more attention from the coach. They get a better relationship uh, developed with the coach because they spend more one-on-one or small group time with the coach instead of just doing drills at a distance that the whole team is doing. Uh, So I, I like all of those components that it offers. The other nice thing about it is, you know, players always need somebody that they could always talk to. And if there's only one or two coaches, they might not feel connected to either of them and then they run out of options. So it's nice to have many different coaches that you could go to. And depending on your personality and the coach's personality, you might find solace and support in a, in one particular coach out of the five. So it's great as a, as a player, you have a lot of options. You have a lot of leaders, you have a lot of mentors and teachers and a, and a really solid uh, and a fully kind of um, furnished support staff but at the same time on the other hand the counter argument is again as i mentioned before when you have too many people the head coach has to be really good when you have a bigger coaching staff when you have a lot of assistant coaches the head coach has to be really well organized um, and the lines of communication have to be really strong the head coach has to be very uh, systematic systems oriented and, um, you know, very timely and, and, and have to have a lot of these skills that we associate with people who are really good managers. And I think without th- those skills, things can fall apart easily. You know, you might not communicate well among the five of you as the five coaches and then players are getting different messages and one person is working here or, and, and, you know, they're working on the, on the opposite thing somewhere else. And, they're hearing different. So that's the kind of stuff I'm worried about. Um, and I'm also kind of worried about who, who, who is it that they're going to end up hiring? Uh, so we've talked about some names. I know it's Gary Kirsten came up. There were a couple of other guys that they mentioned uh, that weren't available. A.B. De Villiers, uh, good yeah. riddance. You're not a fan. For him. I'm not a fan because he's uh, scratched a couple of PSLs, citing whatever issues, and then ended up playing IPL people love his uh, batting uh, I love his batting too but I don't know if they were hiring him for a batting coach or not but uh, personalities gotta also be you know uh, like you said you can think of him as a bad power coach you didn't like his captaincy I feel the same about A.B. De Villiers I think he's gonna bail when he's offered a better deal somewhere else because he actually retired from his own team Played IPL a couple of years when World Cup 2015, I think it was, arrived. He called one of his connections and said, oh, I'm available to play World Cup. <clears throat> and he didn't think of any of his players who already got selected. Cricket South Africa denied his request. They said, we're not going to ditch somebody just because you made yourself available. So things like that in the past he's done, don't agree with. So I'm not sure if he was going to st- stick around. Uh, they were and- saying they were talking about Philander again for the bowling coach and Mickey Arthur again. For a possible head coach. I think Simon Cadditch, is it? And Peter Moores yes. was a couple others, but I don't know at what capacity. Head coach-wise, I say Gary Kirsten, man, all the way. 
this is the guy who changed the fortunes of Indian cricket. He had coached them from 2008 and retired yeah. with the World Cup glory in 2011. And he had so much respect. Like you mentioned, you have to be like a manager type of personality to manage the whole department. And the reason he left was because he had been uh, parted from his family too long and he had to spend some time with them. So, and another question I have with this short list <laughs> Is that something we came up with or have we talked to these coaches if they agree? Because I, I read somewhere, this is the short list that PCB has, but we haven't talked to the candidates yet. If no, I don't agree. even think if PCB has, I think that this is just kind of like hearsay. And in the media outlets, they've been throwing out these names. I haven't directly even heard from, for example, they, they Raja, from somewhere, right? So, so yeah. I'm pretty sure there's hundreds of players and coaches, right? So there's got to be some talk somewhere. Something leaked out that there's sure, and it always end up maybe Afridi is you know he'll he'll announce it himself and he's been saying it in the media. But other guys, out of these three names we mentioned, one of them is gonna be the candidate for sure, and that it always derives from somewhere, some legit source, and leaks out somehow. Yeah. What so do you think it, about uh, Ramiz Raja saying that that he's gonna opt out for foreign coaches, and he discussed that with Babar Azam, and he prefers that, and so does Saklan. What are your thoughts about, do you care if it's a Pakistani coach or, or foreign? A little bit. I think based on what we've seen with the Pakistani coaches, level of qualification as far as the talent is concerned is always there. Pakistan has produced some of the great, greatest batsmen bowlers in the world. So it's never a question about how good they are as cricketers. But we've talked about this before, man. They, we don't have a lot of uh, athletes who are the full package like Imran Khan was, you know, they don't check all the boxes. Even people like Bukhari Yunus and Ms. Balhat, they didn't check all the boxes. Yunus Khan didn't check all the boxes. We don't have a lot of players like that, like the Rahul Dravid, like the Saurav Ganguly, like uh, Virat Kohli, for example. You know, we don't have a lot of those. We have super talented players, but as far as professionalism and uh, leadership, intellect, some of those things are concerned. A lot of our folks fall short in that. And especially in terms of organization and communication, you know, we have, we have players who, you know, go on Twitter to reveal things before really talking it out behind closed doors with the board and stuff. People regularly do that in the media. So it shows me, you know, it, it concerns me the level of professionalism that exists and, how much experience people actually have leading organizations and leading groups of men uh, as, as a role model, as well as a, as a strong leader. So I understand for those reasons, if you find the fuller package outside, which I do think there are more options outside there than in Pakistan, then yes, we should pick though. The whole point is picking the best possible person for the job what skin color they have or what language they primarily speak is secondary to that, right? Like skin color, first of all, shouldn't even count. But if language is a problem, that's a secondary problem that can be solved. But we need to put the best possible person in the job. And it shouldn't be based on some patriotic vision. It should be based on merit. And for that reason, I think there is a higher quality of merit when you talk about all areas of the job. Um, it is available uh, broadly, globally. Um, in Pakistan, it's harder to find. 
it's really hard to find uh, somebody who has, you know, all of those those uh, qualities, both the leadership, personal, as well as talent, all three of those things. Uh, it's very hard to find a person with all of those things. So I could go either way. I wouldn't be upset if there was a Pakistani coach. Absolutely. If we find someone who meets all like Ramiz Raja was one for the PCB chairman position for us, for me, he met. Yeah, he was, he, he checked all, all the things off. Uh, but for a coach, I don't know who else has left. So I really don't think that we have a candidate right now in Pakistan who could do the job really well. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on foreign coaches on all the points you just made, and they're very important. Pakistan coaches may have the professionalism, but it's a different level. It's, uh, oh, you respect me, don't speak over me, and you don't have any ideas. I tell you what yeah. to do type of you know, mentality. Man, around the credible, you know, everybody needs to stand up when I walk in the room. Like that type of stuff doesn't happen with other. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, that does happen quite often. And I think Ramiz is the only guy who allowed these creative youth minds to talk and, you know, discuss their ideas and what they want to do. And you've seen that Ramiz does that with Babur and Rizwan often. He listens to them. He doesn't bring his resume into his decisions. He's talking to everybody. He does take responsibility. So that's the type of guy we want. Also, a foreign coach, it is very common for them to go around other countries and coach them. So these head coaches that we discussed, Simon Cadditch, Peter Moores, and Gary Kirst, they've been around. They've coached some IPL teams, uh, domestic England team, Australian teams, and they bring their ideas to Pakistan. So when we are playing against an opponent, they already know their tactics and strategy. And I think that's also beneficial for them to have the only drawback and disadvantage I can think of is the language barrier. You know, the more I think about it, I feel like Akib Javed is is a good candidate. Only one because he, you know, there's all this all these qualifications for coaching. You know, you have to do all this coursework. You have to, you know, pass this coursework, and then there's levels you reach: levels one, two, three, and level four coaching. I believe four is the highest level, and Akib has completed, I believe, all four levels. The other reason, one, one, he's qualified. He's actually trained for that job because coaching, you know, some people think like because you're a great player. That's why Shahid Afridi's name keeps on coming up because he was a great player that he should be a great coach. No, not necessarily. And there's a lot of players who weren't great players but are great coaches. So there's because there's coaching is a very complex thing to do. It's not just about teaching people how to bat or bowl. It's very much about managing people, their emotions, their feelings but also mentoring them, pointing them in the right direction, organizing their their training in a in the most effective way, you know, all of those things, managing and right. monitoring their diets and all, all kinds of stuff is involved. Um, so Akib has definitely, Akib and Razak, I believe, and Azar Mahmood, I think these are three people who've actually gone through the official ICC coaching program and they've earned like, the highest rankings. Akib definitely has, I don't know about Razak's level and Azar Mahmoud's level, but I know they also have some coaching level uh, training. Uh, but Akib has the highest level. And and you could also see Akib's performance with the PSL teams, lower calendars. He's given us Shaheen Shah Afridi. He's given us uh, Nasim Shah, um, right? He's There's so many players that came out of, that franchise yeah. that yeah. 
that Akib sort of brought in. I meant Haris Rauf, by the way, not Nasim Shah. I take that back. I think it's Haris Rauf that came out of the Kalandars also. And now it's uh, even, I think, believe uh, Hasnan. And, you know, he's been finding all these players deals in Australia and other county cricket uh, venues. So he's very good at developing players. And, you know, that might be a good good fit. He's well-spoken. He's very smart. He knows cricket. Every time I hear him, I, I, I tend to agree with him. Uh, he has he's a strong personality also, but not in a in a bully bullyish way or like in an egotistical way. So he could be a good yeah, candidate. Now no, again, I, I didn't even think of him, and he produced the best UAE team ever. He actually did internationally coached another team, head coach another team, and turned them around. Another name I can think of, but I don't know if you would recommend him. For Pakistan coaches and Zamam, who who created the Afghanistan team, but this guy is just. Too laid back, uh, in my <laughs> and opinion. And Zamam is very good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hear you. I know he's done really good work with Team Afghanistan. Um, you know, I listened to him on his YouTube channel. And he's his cricketing knowledge is really, really good. I mean, it's, uh, but again, yeah, I, I don't know if he's the right personality. He's not going to come back either. He's it's going to be somebody new. He's already head coach Pakistan That's right. team. So he's not one of the nominees or shortlisted uh personalities. Yeah. So yeah, and Akib I think gels very well with Ramiz Raja too, so you never know. Yeah, on that note friends, join us again next time. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, at Crick Intellectuals. Join us on social media, connect with us, talk to us, engage with us and let us know what you're thinking and uh yeah, let us know which PSL team you're going to be rooting for. Uh, which we didn't get to talk about in this episode, but we will get to in our next episode. So take care, enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Bye.